Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. And of course, it's Wednesday, which means this podcast is being run as a body and disorderly house because we're going to talk about Harlots uh, in the latest episode here in season three. Well, uh, fuck me three. to America and back. <laughs> Charlotte Wells is back. Or no. No, Margaret. Margaret Wells is back. Charlotte Wells. Hmm. She's not, it's not so much back. Yeah, I had so much fun watching this episode until the very last seconds, and I had so many kind of fun jokes and skits and stuff I wanted to do, and now I'm just... Jessica Brown Finley is the Sean Bean of season threes. Yeah, the show's getting a little too much Game of Thrones for my taste. Yeah, you got Theon Greyjoy. I... I... I I hate I hate this, but not because I think it's bad or because I think the show's bad. It's like I I love Jessica Brown Finley. I really like Charlotte Wells. Um, it's I'm it's very difficult to imagine Harlots without her. Yeah, it has a lot of um, it has a lot of gr- a lot of greater implications about what's going to happen with the rest of the story because i think charlotte is our biggest tie-in to lady fitz like what sure what kind of thread or connection do we have to the lady fitz outside of her i know she has her own story going on but it mainly focuses on the wells girls right and i just i don't know why this love story and i wouldn't even call it love just this lust story needed to happen between her and Hal Fincher, Pincher? I didn't Isaac buy that Pincher. at all. Isaac. Okay. I didn't buy that at all, why they would continue to do that um, and what their attraction was to each other. But, you know, she says that it wasn't anything that's explainable. It's just physical. So you take her to her word at that, then, yeah, it seems like a pointless death. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what they I, – I, I trust the showrunners and the writers that they know what they're doing here. Yeah, no, I mean, like, all this, this is just me, uh, you know, we get, we finished this episode, like, 15 minutes ago, this is me just still processing my own feelings as a fan about the the show, uh, and I, yeah, I don't want to misconstrue me saying I hate that as, again, me criticizing the show, it's just more like, I, uh, it's, it's painful, I don't like it. No, it's uh, a, it's a symbol of loving the show that you hate it so much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I hate it in the same way I hated the Red Wedding, you know, mm-hmm. I hate it in the same way I, I've, uh, uh, hated hated many many great deaths in television, um, and it was also just shocking and unexpected. There was nothing in the plot that hinted that that was mortal danger. That there was mortal danger for like Lydia Quigley. Mm-hmm. There's mortal danger for Lucy because they even talked about her neck being in the noose. Uh, there's mortal danger for Margaret, who's come back uh, from from the dead from the legal standpoint of England. Um, but for Charlotte, who seemed so secure and powerful and 
you know, sur- surrounded by her whole family. And, and the other thing is I'm just so fucking mad at Margaret Wells because, once again, her fucking half-cocked way of dealing with shit has blown up and hurt somebody, this time one of her daughters. And and she's still not going to learn anything, I think. She's still just set in her ways, and no, she just... will only be able to understand what things affect her directly yeah i'm trying to think of who else you could kill that would affect so many characters because you've got like isaac and Hal. like this this is obviously going to be lucy. probably a major rift in a relationship there's going to be lucy affected there's exactly. going to be obviously margaret and william north there's going to be right uh, Lady Fitz. charlotte owned uh, margaret's body house right so who's going to own it now it's i don't think it's william north i don't think he's interested in doing that yeah. Um, uh, and I'm not sure who else could or would. It's a house in disrepair. I guess Nancy, but still, yeah. it's not. that's not an answer, I guess, but it's frustrating. Yeah. But, you, you know, you, who could have seen that coming? I mean, you. <laughs> you were like, no, I mean, this is the weirdest thing, like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Like, like five minutes before it happens, you're like, I don't like to look at the staircase. I think they're going to throw... <laughs> charlotte over and i'm like they're not gonna fucking throw charlotte over in his crowded party i didn't, I didn't want it either i knew it was coming though. I, I didn't see the like the accidental like shove and like her just being well, i guess I... top heavy with all of the brassiere and <laughs> right and the bustle and stuff that they're rocking well i thought for sure that he was gonna he was gonna kill her i thought he was gonna kill her on purpose yeah because the last time his brother yeah. asked him to take care of something he ended up setting their house on fire yeah so that's he what he said hell? take care of it and he went off with this resolute look on his face just like to go he fuck just her? no i thought he went off to no, kill her i know but, but like, her but... him fucking her was the surprise <laughs> that's what i'm saying like what was he planning on doing like taking care of it was just to was like just kiss distract her and distract her, her? Like, yeah. I, I mean but uh, everyone there i mean that was what i thought was going to be the fun part that like everyone you had this this crazy train collision course at this boxing thing that you right. started realizing, oh, my God, literally everyone's going to be here. But the wild thing is, is that, yeah, she had no idea about this deal. And Charlotte yeah. would have probably tried to block it as well if she knew it was happening with her mother in the pinchers. But it didn't have anything to do with her. It had nothing to do with. Well, I guess it did have something to do with Margaret. But th- those things overlap in a way that tells me that Charlotte shouldn't have died for what happened. Yeah, man, and like I said, this is such a just such a really fun episode of reunions and getting to see everybody react to the undead Margaret Wells, the muff pistol jokes, like everything was just so so much fun. And there's so let's just talk about the episode. Okay, uh, let's t- start with the return of Lydia Quigley. Um, okay. I'm not sure what she was doing with her haunted ghost routine outside of the Wells residence. I suspect. Uh-huh. Based on some of her actions throughout this episode, that she has been institutionalized and that has had some sort of effect on her mental state. So you think she actually is cracked up just a little bit? Just a little bit. I, yeah. I mean, how could you not from what she's gone through? Yeah. No, you're and not she wrong about that. also was kind of a terrible person to begin with. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> so if you consider that, I mean, she has some actions throughout this episode that make you believe that she's kind of cracking up a little bit like walking uh kate into the ring right before the boxing match like how ill-advised is that it just you've only got one person you knew would be interested and it came off as pathetic he even tried to assault her at the cake table or whatever the macaroon table i I didn't understand like (sighs) 
her trying to jam herself into high society, going to these gentlemen's clubs and auctioning off this woman's, you know, maidenhead or whatever, uh, uh, the former Mrs. Bottomley, the, the new Miss Quigley, um, I felt like she should have been shunned more somehow like they're they're like look at all the problems lady fitz is having i guess i guess i guess that's the thing is she went to gentlemen's club to sell sex and they're like this isn't like she didn't try to go to their private homes but one of the main attractions was the courtesan uh charlotte wells yeah so nobody went in with their eyes closed except for maybe the people who were not heteronormative (laughs) what do you think so i the whole episode i I mean who are I, the whole episode, I thought that Lydia Quigley was planning on selling Kate to the Spartans because, and then like everything seemed to fit in place. So she's like, you know, my dear, when the time is right, I'll sell, we'll sell you for a small fortune. And I'm like, it's not out of the cards because like virginity, she, like we see the Wells girls went for a hundred pounds, a couple hundred pounds. That's not a fortune. That's a lot of money. That's like getting like twenty grand or so, but it's not a fortune. And I think I feel it's a like, fortune for a virginity that doesn't exist. Also, virginity is a construct. But sure. <laughs> Granted, on all accounts, but I'm saying, like, I think that they were hinting, and then, like, when her family wrote her own obituary, I'm like, holy shit, this is the perfect lamb to deliver for the slaughter. But I think then, she's still going to try. I don't know, because I feel like when she... Because she meets the Marquess of Blaine. Yes, but she also rejected him hard, which I wasn't quite sure that what kind of power play. I mean, I, I think that's... I don't know what kind of power play. I've got some speculation, but... I think that maybe what saved Kate is the fact that she wanted to be called quickly. And this is like, like suddenly Lydia's got this opportunity to recapture what she clearly wanted, which was the daughter, you know, Charlotte. She wanted to, she want, she wanted that. She craved that to replace, you know, her, the idiot son and her affections. And now she's got this woman who like maybe between her, between her being a touch mad and maybe a touch sentimental and the fact that, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like by the end of the episode, I was kind of off the selling her to the Spartans thing. Or if she does get sold to the Spartans, it's going to be as like a, a, a tragedy. Because like Miss May p- plays hardball with her or it's like I absolutely think she would do that rather than go back to like Bedlam or obviously go to jail or like so but but it's it's not going to be like uh, her just being conniving and getting ahead. It's going to be something that's m- more tragic. That's fair. I, I think that the Spartans are very much still in play because they wouldn't have had Lord is it Lord Fallon. Was the that Marcus last of Blaine, you mean? No, I'm talking about Lord Fallon, the guy oh, who yeah, killed, yeah, the himself. Guy killed himself. Yeah, the... Why would they do that unless they were going to do something larger with that? Marquesa yeah. of Blaine was on vacation. He came back with a pregnant woman, or the woman that he poached from. Was she pregnant? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lydia quickly uh, noticed it. But he's also quick to turn her aside. I think that's very much still in play, as if her denying his initial offer for her virginity was maybe her signaling to him that she's got larger designs on the future. Yeah. So if, I mean, we'll sell it to someone else, but for you comes at a much higher price. Well, that's also my theory is that like, she's trying to split the difference between being too open and too like, Hey, I'm back. I'm out of bedlam. Isn't that crazy and pathetic? And also like her doing this power play Blaine being like, I'm not, you know, I might be reduced, but I'm, I'm not desperate. And also I can still deliver the goods if I have to. I also love that. Lydia Quigley made this big escape from Bedlam with another woman. 
that is sort of high profile and she is not as wanted as Margaret Wells right now mm-hmm. because Lydia Quigley could just show up anywhere as Lydia Quigley. In fact, here's another Quigley. No questions asked, right? Also, Charles Quigley yeah, but, uh, is, is that... on the run from being sent to the debtor's house. Right. And is, the is Quigleys are just cool. I don't understand why they couldn't, because she's an escaped, she's escaped from Bedlam. Like, why couldn't they call the madhouse and be like, uh, yeah, we found your nutter. She's with a, she's, she's, she's pretending to be high society and she's with another one of her fellow mad women and they just get carted back to, to, to Exactly. Bedlam. I agree. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That well, there's no reason why they should, shouldn't all be accepted or rejected. Yeah. Together. Why can't Margaret show up at the same party that Lydia Quigley is if everyone's as accepting of fugitives? Well, I mean, it's, they're different from being, I guess, an escaped mental patient and also being like you were you were condemned to death by the law. Um, like there's a little bit different of Jeopardy, but not, you know, like is, high is, is Quigley afraid to go to like, is she not afraid to go to Bedlam? I don't understand why that's not as a, a menace or right. I don't know. Um, so speaking of Margaret Wells, do you want to talk about her? Yes, let's do it. She uh, she got har- married. Harlotted her way back to America, and everyone uh, to in England fa- back to England. You're right. Uh, with this, uh, she did harlot her way into America too. It's just true. <laughs> she harlots in her in her way. She doesn't need a passport. She's she's just uh, abroad. Uh, but she's with this Jonas Young character, who we found out is also an indentured was an indentured servant, and her whole family. Like I, when you know she showed up, and she's like, oh, looks like. Uh, you know, I forget the word she said. The, the her daughter said, like, what a what a rube or a mark he is. But you can tell, like, in her reactions, that I think she's got genuine feelings for Jonas Young. And it was very apparent when she was talking to Nancy that, like, not only is she intrigued by the man's disposition and spirit, but also he's surprising in the sack. <laughs> so, like. Uh, but she also clearly loves William. Like when they re- re- rejoiced and 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 uh, held on to each other and was laughing, and it felt really good. And then her seeing, you know, Jacob and Lucy and Charlotte. That's all. Uh, really, that was all great. I I love her meeting meeting Emily Lacey and her saying, "You're still the conniving cat." She's like, "I've got nothing on you, Miss Wells. You're you've got more tricks than a sorcerer." Yeah. Um. It's it's unfortunate because i was really tense in these scenes thinking that she wasn't going to tell william north about her new husband Mm -hmm. or that she was married at all but she did and they played it off really casually like i you know i played these tricks on this man and then do cue margaret wells laugh (laughs) right right (laughs) which i can't do but also she hasn't told the other guy and then they meet each other later at the boxing ring and they don't know about each other don't know that they're meeting who they're they're meeting it off Right. And I love William North, but also I'm kind of liking Jonas Young. There's nothing that Jonas Young has done that makes me think that he's got, he's, he's seems like a cool dude. He's got a great beard. And there's uh, nothing he needs to do. It's just William North was there and she promised him she wouldn't get married again. Yeah. She promised marry, William yeah. North that she wouldn't marry, and she did, and it's, it's well, that's hard. Well, that's the forgivable thing. It's more like it's, that she's actually in love with this man that is the, the tough right. one. I almost wonder if they're heading towards some kind of, like, poly-type relationship. No. Man, this show, nah, this show loves to do loves to do that, like, you know, it... it and and there, that absolutely was going on at this time. It just wasn't talked about publicly. There's no way there wasn't, like, some kind of weird triad in London... Right. Well, fucking perverted as this town is being portrayed. Well, to add to, let's call this a 
Sorry, not the not that the poly people are necessarily perverted or degenerate or, or no more no more so than I. <laughs> Wink. This this uh, love triangle turns into a love square when you get Nancy involved. Yeah, but that's the thing. I feel I feel like that's they the kind of, Nancy's kind of made peace with the fact that like that's just Margaret doesn't love her that way. You know. No, I get it, but she also, I mean, arguably Nancy's the one that actually set these events in motion. By going to see Margaret during the boxing match, oh yeah, for and sure. telling her everything. Mm. Well, but and then Margaret that, tried, and then everyone... hoping Margaret get in. Yeah, but that's because she can't say no to Margaret. But she did try. Everyone tried to keep the truth from Charlotte. Uh, just that they told the wrong lie. Oh, I thought it was a candle. Oh, is a coal that kicked over a candle? Margaret, um, keep calling her Charlotte. Do I? I'm sorry. I just want to clarify for the audience. Um, there's also, I, I guess. Man, because um, there's this brutal line from Charlotte where she got with Margaret and said, "You're, you know," uh, she was joking. Well, she she just said that, "Oh, so you ran off to uh, America with an Irishman?" She goes, "You know, I was going to do that once. It seems like you're living my life while I'm stuck in Greek Street living yours." And I'm like, "That was fucking brutal." Oh, laying down some smack, and, now and, that's, the and that's the last thing last, she ever said. Yes. Her. Yes, so there's no way Margaret Wells is not going to go scorched earth against, and she's not going to have, mm-hmm. she's not going to know all the information, and also William North William is primed North. to go like fucking uh, be... nuclear warhead too. Yeah. Okay. Let's leave that. Let's leave that until the end. Okay. Because I got a lot of thoughts on that. All right. Um. One quick thought. Uh. Do you have a muff pistol? I don't have a muff pistol. I thought. Well, I have a muff pistol that you gave me, and I will treasure in my muff forever. <laughs> I thought that was and i'm like what the hell could that be and then I, I we re- have to look it up to see if muff was a common term so muff was a, is it of course a hand warmer it's like those furry pockets that women can put their yeah, hands in so I, I like the idea <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea of uh these ladies carrying a, pu- a pistol in there for you know uh, uh for for ne'er-do-wells Protection. but also i looked up the entomology and muff was a common slang for a vagina as early as the uh late 1600s uh, early 1700s so right. it checks out and i love like emily lacy like cracking losing her shit when she said i'll treasure it my muff always so margaret had to have known exactly what well, she course. was saying when she said that and the kind of reaction she would get from emily lacy yeah like there's not a better way to phrase that as and archer also, would say phrasing yeah she also knew her husband was cool with it because when emily lacy started laying on about like oh cool you can appreciate this uh I, I can grasp size you'll find and uh, he's like oh you remind me of my wife so like uh, okay, know. that's fair. So it felt like the, it was a private joke between the two harlots when they maybe maybe they thought that Hal and Isaac weren't as clever because well, uh, I buy that because Margaret also tried to prod them to see what kind of entertainment and company they'd be providing mm-hmm. at their taverns. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they were playing it coy. She was playing it even more sure. coy. But no, I think Hal and Isaac are. That daring and ambitious and enterprising, but bright, mm-hmm. not really. Do you want to talk any more at all about Isaac and Charlotte's relationship? It that's the thing. It, it was like I. And... It was baffling. I and then I'm like, oh well, the show's at least acknowledging that Charlotte's like this is stupid. It makes no sense. But like it's this raw physical connection. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. And now she's dead, and it's clearly going to. It's going to be something those boys are going to have to work through if they can survive the wrath of the Wells and the Norths and the Luce or the 
the Lady Fitzes and everybody else is going to be coming gunning for him. Yeah, I will say that their relationship, their secret relationship was started off as being a kind of, uh, well, the, it speaks to the fast-paced nature of this show mm-hmm. that immediately Emily, Emily Lacey sees them leaving mm-hmm. together some courtyard and ultimately doesn't matter right. that she saw them doing it. Well, I mean, she's always wanted to, I think she doesn't like Isaac because she thinks Isaac is always tearing her down in front of Hall and she wants to be taken seriously as a businesswoman. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying us as the audience, we see Emily Lacey seeing them and mm-hmm. we have our height or hopes set very high about what's going to happen. This is going to be some sort of, is this going to be the string throughout the season that mm-hmm. we're going to follow along and see how this unfolds? Nope, it happens well, very quickly. String cut. So do you want to talk about uh, what, the Molly House is doing? Yeah, let's talk about Elizabeth and Lucy. And Fredo. And Fredo. Uh, there's a lot. I Elizabeth seems like she's playing a very dangerous game. Because, With a lot of dangerous people. Yeah, we found out that she, one of the her backers, her mysterious benefactors, is Miss May. And saying, you need to pay me back bum, in cash bum, or bum. I'll break your legs. She's got the silk. Was that, this guy's name Khan? Why do I think his name was last name was Khan? I think it's Khan. Okay, you got the silk uh, manufacturer provider, silk pirate. Uh, she, <laughs> silk pirate. She shows up it. this boxing match and she's trying to pull a long con on him for funding, I think. But she's also using her sexuality because that's what appeals to him about her. And she just nakedly flirts with William North in front of him, almost pisses him off. Like, no, does piss him off. Well, it does piss recovers. him off because she's able to mollify him. But like, holy shit, she has got so many irons in the fire. I don't know how she's not going to get burnt. Right. She's got so many irons in the fire that it seems bizarre she has time to flirt with William North for what doesn't seem like an advantageous relationship it's to just, her at all. Uh, it's, it just seems like it's all just lust because William repeating... doesn't have the kind of money she needs for sure. I mean, I'm hot for William North myself. Fuck yeah. But they're repeating the Harriet storyline and that one just seemed problematic for lack of a better word. Hmm. Like Harriet is a... I think Harriet is a very interesting character. She's got a lot to motivate her, mm-hmm. her children especially. And she just seemed like she was trying to break up Margaret and uh, North's, not marriage, but their relationship before. Sure. Mm-hmm. But Elizabeth has no reason to be doing this when she's got such a rich benefactor and supplier of her house's entire purpose. And that is tailoring in her hands and her grass. Maybe she's lonely. Like she, 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 she's using different people and she has alliances with people, but she doesn't have a real equal partner. And you know, William North, if you're, uh, uh, if you're a bod, he has got a lot of qualities that, uh, he's dependable and he's strong and she just give him a great jacket. She does give That's great an jacket. incredibly tailored jacket. William looked the fucking boss in it too. Mm-hmm. He looked like a master of ceremonies indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make of what's going on between Fredo and Mr. Croft? I don't know why Fredo would immediately fall in love so hard. Mm-hmm. And I also don't know why Fredo has such a bad haircut. <laughs> it's like uh, business up front, party in the back, and... Uh, party in the, the lower back? <laughs> ne- ne'er the two shall meet. Um, yeah, it, You're right, because like, they made him out to be like this very sophisticated, cool customer that knows the score. But they're also... 
I feel like they expect me to know who Mr. Croft is, almost like, and maybe this is true, and if it is, write in, tv at baldmove.com. But, like, has Mr. Croft been, like, uh, identified as some kind of John Locke enlightenment uh, liberal that is talking about breaking down class barriers and maybe, hey, why do we hate... Uh, why why do we hate uh, people that commit sodomy? And maybe we could live openly because I could see that being very attractive to uh, a gay man in this time period. But like, I don't, I haven't seen that with Mister Croft. But they asserted it because he said, like, you know, they just, he he just said, like, I really like this guy. I really like the way he thinks, and that he thinks that we can change things. And you know, Elizabeth dismisses that. But like, that's I think that's why they're they're infatuated. But uh, he, I think he thinks Mr. Croft is more of a libertine than he is because obviously it, Mr. Croft appreciated being saved by Lucy at the boxing match. Uh, but also Lucy does this low-key blackmail of sure. him where she says, I love reading about myself in the papers and he gives her an extra coin for her discretion. And she but says, she also I've says, seen you talk and I've seen you speak. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe more libertine values, but why would he be? Well, I guess I know why he would be so discreet about being gay. Yeah. Oh, of course. I looked up Mr. Croft in that time period to see because I know there are some. I think actual real life historical figures. You know, all the ladies on uh, uh, on the the list, but I wasn't able to find anything. So hmm. I don't know. We'll find out, I'm sure, because this is our new main character. Yeah. Uh, and this all leads up uh, as a glorious train wreck to the boxing match, which I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, lady Fitz has decided that since she's a lady and she's come out with all of her scandals, except for the scandals that she hasn't come out with, uh, that she can, she's immune. Like the, the, she can just host a fight at her she's house. She's host a legal back alley fight in her own house. Um, she gets this, uh, painting the sapphic painting that's sent from her brother that she interprets as a warning which is interesting because now that scandal has just gone away i mean that's the one bright lining of charlotte dying is that the lady fitz has one less scandal cont- to well until with. her daughter comes back i guess if her daughter comes back pregnant then new scandal <laughs> yeah true and i wonder yeah i just wonder what's going to happen between her and her brother and why her brother has been kind of tolerating her doing this this uh, crazy stuff anyway I mean, the the boxing match just looked like it was going to be so much fun because everybody's on a collision course and there's so many people that shouldn't know about other people and there's all these social faux pas and kind of uh, things happening and everyone's angling for different things. And then, you know, you called it uh, over the rail Charlotte went. And as soon as she hit, because like, I'm like... And I saw her laying the way she is. I'm like, this is at this. Yeah, time anytime period, you see a character with their foot back in a certain way, like it's not just a broken. She leg, had both of her dead. shoes on though. Both of her shoes on. This is good. But yeah, I'm like, there. She. That's like a three story fall on the marble, and this is the 17th century. There is no spinal surgeon that's going to be able to take her and put her back together. These <laughs> massive dresses are not even thick enough to save you from that. No. I and and yeah, I thought lady, maybe she'd spread her legs and she'd float down like that. like Mary Poppins and her voluminous parachute like uh, pantaloons, but no, it's a real it's a real bummer. Like it completely the boxing... changed the emotional feelings I had for the episode. Yeah, the boxing match itself was bizarre. Yeah, because they showed a lot of just cutscenes waist down. Of Jack Lively mostly getting his ass kicked. 
But then they came back and he was kind of winning a little bit. Mm. I thought that was poorly. I thought that was kind of poorly handled or. Yeah. Whoever directed this episode and I didn't see, like, I don't think they had much inclination to shoot action because I think they were telling the story of, uh, uh, this uh, lively is that his name? Yeah, Jack uh, Lively. Jack Live, Jack the Lad Lively, uh, like doing a rope a dope on this other guy. This is his big comeback. Yeah, letting him kind of wear himself out and be overconfident with his size and kind of, but but uh, you know, it, it up until the end, it, it, and when he started like you know, suddenly he's just landed a couple punches and the other guy was on his knees and then he's done. I, I I found it I found it hard just to follow the fight from what we were shown. But what does this mean to William now? Like he's got his champion, but he's lost his daughter. Like I don't know. They had all these fun plots, and then they throw a they throw they throw a death into it. Do you think Raina's Jessica? Because that's just that's why she got written out of Downton Abbey is because she wanted out of her contract. You know is, that for a fact? Yes. Okay. Um. Do you do you have any inside knowledge about like is she got another show in the wings or what's up because I did yeah I did it hear seems so brutal that she has another show in the works that's based off a book series that she was written out for but I wasn't sure of any confirmation on mm. that okay but Man. I don't like it I feel like if I can work two jobs so can she right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't seem fair personally to me, Jessica Brown Finley, and I'm speaking to you as the actress in person uh, that you would do this to us. Yeah. Bald move. Yeah. Personally. Because that was the other thing. Attack. Like uh, And we're not gonna stand for it and we're gonna burn your house down. <laughs> <laughs> arsonist. We're arse we're nothing as low as an arsonist, apparently. Um No, because like that's the thing is like God damn it, Downton Abbey, that's the same thing. It's like, you just wanted, that's such a fun show, and they kept on, like, killing Matthew, and then they killed Lady Sybil, and... Killed Lady Sybil, when? uh, When did they kill her? In season three. Season three? Yeah. So whatever new show she's going to, she'll die in season three there, too? It wasn't season three, episode three, because I'm like, wouldn't that be weird? But season three, episode five, I think. I mean, lots of people so have close di- enough. Lots of people have died in Harlots, but it's been like you know side characters and characters that like you only cared about because they moved the plot forward. And this is just a real shock and surprise. I'm really interested to see what everybody thinks about it. Um, what else do we have to talk about? I think that's all we've got. Do we want to talk about the future of Harlots and Bald Move coverage? You want to talk about that at all? Uh, in what capacity? Just that we have screeners and yes, I thinking about do. I was thinking about that, and I don't know that I want to like boast on the show that we've got screeners now. Why? It gives us a certain amount of prestige, and also we can tell people to expect it on their maybe on their car ride into work on Wednesday morning instead of at m- midnight or whatever, or the or Thursday morning. That was my only thought. <clears throat> let's see let's see how it shakes out and then next week we can always like if we drop it like at the date like you know at midnight on wednesday then we can always talk about it there okay uh boy i like i said i, I gotta go i gotta go pour myself a stiff drink i should have had one before the podcast yeah this uh, was a, a great episode right until the very final it, it really minutes. i have no idea what's good anything could happen from this point in the season like i, I kind of had like an I idea say that every episode but also for real this time. Yeah, I, I thought that this the season was kind of rounding into some kind of shape, and then like the fact that Margaret came back, and like like when I stopped where her looking titties? for her, yeah, 
when I kind of stopped looking for her, she shows back up. I'm like, well, that's the big surprise of the episode, but not even close. Mm-hmm. So, boy, uh, we'll have to see what happens on the next episode of Harlots. Uh, we, if you've got feedback and you want to send it, you can do so at TV at ballmove.com. Uh, of course, we'll be back later on this week to, uh, we're going to be wrapping up Los Spookies. We're going to be talking about, uh, uh, the stuff that came out of San Diego Comic-Con because there's a ton of fun trailers and, and cool things that I should sound more excited about, but I'm just really bummed about Charlotte, y'all. Uh, and that'll be it for Hulu's Harlots until next week. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. See ya. See ya.